So I've entitled my thoughts today, What Have You Done For Me Lately? You know this phrase, maybe? Well, today's scripture from Exodus 17 fits nicely with the water theme of our current worship series. I mean, water comes from a rock to quench the thirst of the Israelites. It's a very cool story. It's got water in it. However, my focus this afternoon is not on that miraculous aqua event. Instead, the question under consideration that I offer to us today is the one that the Israelites asked God in verse 7, the very last verse of our reading for today. Is the Lord among us or not? On the one hand, I think this question makes a ton of sense. I mean, they're thirsty. They need water to survive. And they're going to where God told them to go. It seems entirely reasonable for them to feel the urgency of the situation. We're in need here. God, are you going to show up? On the other hand, it feels and seems like the Israelites have forgotten the way that God has provided for them thus far. So let's just consider a little bit what the Israelites have experienced to get to this point in the story in Exodus 17. So the big one, they were freed from slavery in Egypt through those 10 plagues. That's in Exodus 12, kind of finishes up in Exodus 12. Is the Lord among us or not? Then God led them to the wilderness. And interestingly, the wilderness was actually, we might even say, God's grace to them. It was seen as a safer route that kept them away from the Philistines. But how were they to make their way in the wilderness? Well, God gave them a pillar of cloud to guide them by day and fire by night so that they might travel day and night. That's from Exodus 13. Is the Lord among us or not? Then they get to the Red Sea with the Egyptians in hot pursuit. And God parts the waters of the Red Sea so that they might cross on dry ground. Is the Lord among us or not? Then they come to a place where there is water. But it wasn't pleasing water. It was really bitter. So God says, throw this wood into this water and it makes it sweet. Is the Lord among us? That's Exodus 15. Well, what are we going to eat? God provides manna, just enough for each day. And then two days worth for the Sabbath. There's also some quail that was provided as well. Every day they had manna. Is the Lord among us or not? That's Exodus 16. 
And then we get to our passage for today. We don't have any water. So God showed up in at least five instances there that I just mentioned, from Exodus 12 to 16. But what about now? God, you're only as good as your last miracle. How will they choose to remember? What will they choose to see? Is God among the Israelites only when things are answered to their satisfaction? In the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our trials, how will we remember today? What will we choose to see? Is God among us only when things are answered to our satisfaction? Psalm 95, it's interesting the way that that psalm is laid out because the psalmist is kind of speaking the first seven verses there. But then in verses 8 and 9, the voice changes, and it's, it's like the psalmist is giving God's perspective on the situation. And it's like God is saying, don't harden your hearts like you did at Meribah, like you did when you were at Massah, in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested me and scrutinized me, even though they had already seen my acts. There is a certain critique that God is giving about how the Israelites voiced their concerns in the wilderness. It's like they failed to demonstrate faith that God would provide for them or that the presence of the struggle seemed to indicate the absence of God. Is the Lord among us or not? I wonder, is there a way the Israelites could have acknowledged their fear, their need for water, legit, real, while also demonstrating faith that God was with them, that they would remember that God would provide for them in ways that only God could? Though our setting is much different from the Israelites, I think the question persists to our day. Is God among us or not? Is God really with us or not? We see things in our world. We see things in our community. We see things in our own lives, and we wonder. What would it look like to be real about the challenges we see and experience? and also have full-throated trust in God's presence and in God's provision. I want us to be able to do both. I want us to be honest about the challenges we face. And I want us to be able to trust that God is present in our midst. I wonder if one way that this can be nurtured is in the retelling of the stories of God's work in the world and in our lives. I mean, I think this is a significant reason 
for why we, together, why we gather together as church. To worship God and to hear again the stories of God's presence and work in the world. The God who was present in the ancient stories of the wilderness is the same God who works within you and me today. Whatever is newest and whatever is most recent or whatever seems most compelling is not always what is maybe what is most important or maybe doesn't tell the whole story. The Israelites were in dire straits and God was with them. They had stories to remember and they had stories to tell. I envision that what this looks like, to be honest about the struggles while trusting God's presence, I envision that this is really messy. This is not a call to grin and bear it. This is not some spiritual form of fake it till you make it. Instead, I think it's a commitment, a recommitment to hear again the stories of Scripture. It's a practice of prayerfully reflecting on how the ancient stories of Scripture connect with us today, which, by the way, is, I think, what Jay Landry is planning to do next week. So come back next week for that. And it's the courage to share those stories of God's Spirit working in our midst. May God give us the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and the courage to testify that God is with us. Amen.